most important thing in business is honesty, integrity, hard work, family. Never forgetting where we came from. Thank you, Sean. See, you are what you are in this world. That's either one or two things. Either you're somebody, or you're nobody. Be right back. People are always saying about the talk, and I talk, and I talk, and I talk, but guess who can walk? I back it up! I back it up! That means it's time to roll, baby. You got nothing going on between your ears, buddy. Hey, John, do you think I'm just gonna sit there and let you kill me, John? I mean, really. I think I could beat every girl in my division with one hand. That guy is such a dick. I mean, you show your true colors after a fight, and that fucking guy comes up to me. You know who you are, huh? I don't have much left to say other than you have seen nothing yet. <laughs> Hope to God you come ready. Hi, Michael Morgan, and welcome to this week's episode of The Wokecast. Joining me from the epicenter of the coronavirus is G from WoTV. Yes, sir. How are you, Mike? I'm um, entrenched in Disney+. Plus. I have got to admit that I was fighting off for the longest while actually downloading that app and paying, um, what is it, um, six, no, five ninety nine a month. But it had me hooked as soon as I saw that every single Marvel movie was on there. And um, the old Marvel series in terms of cartoons, um, which I used to follow quite closely as a, as a youngster. The X-Men on there, Spider-Man is on there. Um, I think, you know, Disney Plus should be play, paying me for this plug because I can't recommend it highly enough because um, it is a good way of actually keeping occupied, keeping yourself um, doing something during our quarantine phase, which we are effectively in. We are effectively on lockdown. How about yourself? What's happening with you? Well, I think, Mike, that you should go ahead and try to get a Disney sponsor because I am obsessed with that <laughs> that streaming network. And, Mike, all I do is watch the old school cartoons. I am balls deep in gargoyles, ducktails, yeah. um, <laughs> Spider-Man. Like, every night before I go to bed, I watch cartoons. And then it mm. led me to the DC comics universe subscription don't go over there mike because i what? just found yes sir for 7.99 a month i am now watching batman and beyond and all those batman cartoons i used to watch after school when i was a kid so oh like, you're joking don't get me started i and i had no idea i enjoyed cartoons this much because as an adult i don't i do not watch them but i found all the old school shits mike i'm losing my mind but i'm enjoying myself Wow. You know, you're right. That is definitely right out my alley because growing up, I was more of a DC man than a Marvel man. It's the movies that kind of like made me go over to the dark side. I think the movies are um, well presented, well put together, well acted. And I think the storylines and um, the yeah. aesthetics of the movies on the Marvel or in the Marvel uh, universe are better than DC. So I think Absolutely. we better skip along from this conversation because I know I'm going to be heading over there once we finish recording. But in terms of news and updates, I should actually be calling you Nostradamus <laughs> because Nostradamus, I have to say, was spot on when she was talking about John Jones actually copping a plea with this and um, uh? escaping, escaping uh -huh. scot-free. I mean, effectively, what has he, um, what, what has he to his detriment got out of this plea deal, which is, you know, a reprimand in any, any way, shape or form? Because when you think about it, look at what he's got out of this now. Let me just pull this up. 
He's oh, I have it too. <laughs> yeah, he's on supervised probation for one year. No, hold now, on, Mike. Hold on, Mike. Let's hmm. rem- let's go back. He's been charged with DWI, yeah. negligent use of a firearm, no mm-hmm. proof of insurance. It's petty, mm-hmm. but it's a charge. Mm-hmm. Possession of an open container of alcohol, and he got a slap on the wrist. One year supervised probation, four day house arrest, use of an ankle monitor, a <laughs> fine, and forty eight hours community service, and a ninety day drug treatment. What did I tell you, Mike? What did you, I tell you? His attorney, you his attorney was going to do. You predicted it. Mm. Nostra Genus has mm. actually verbatim told me what mm. was going to go down. And the thing is mm-hmm. this, none of this, none of this I feel is going to change one bit of John's persona, one bit of John's outlook, one bit of the reckless path that he is on. Believe you me. Now, I'm going to turn um, Nostradamus <laughs> on you. Believe you me, we are going to be having a conversation about John Jones and his latest mishap. Probably not in the next six months, but guaranteed 12 to 18 months. You and I are going to be yes, having yes. a conversation about his slip-up. Yes, please join me and my um, ability to predict the future. Join me on my side, Mike, because... Mm. I also did say not only was he going to get away, not get away with this, but he would get the lightest uh, penalty possible because that's what money can buy. And secondly, I also I hate to say it, but yes, Mike, I am predicting another catastrophe and I'm just praying it doesn't involve hurting someone. And you can tell he's headed in that direction because four days after his um, house arrest, he did the Mm. he did the four days. He went outside and posted himself with a scooter and the beautiful view of New Mexico and him saying, y'all be good out there. I'm about to go do something with this scooter, whatever, whatever. But to me, I interpret that as in bragging, as in, Mocking. ha-ha, I'm still out here. Mm. Ha-ha. I'm, you know what I mean? I'm out here in this beautiful location. I'm happy. Y'all be good now. I'm trying to tell y'all this kid, man. <laughs> I'm not going to I'm not going to call him any insults or anything like that, but I'm telling you, we've got a bad boy amongst us. We have someone here that's got some serious issues. I'm going to call him an insult. Teflon John. Nothing seems <laughs> to stick to Teflon John. And the thing is this, he's out here mocking us, showing us the scenery when we're on lockdown. Yes. We've spent we've spent yes. more time incarcerated, albeit in our own homes than he has. Exactly. And this is someone that just was on video talking about his children, had a gun in the car, got arrested, and there's no accountability. There's no apologizing to the possible or future victims of whatever occurred. Like, like he could have hurt somebody. He didn't apologize about his behavior. He didn't apologize to the fans that he's let down again. Instead, he chose to go on Twitter and kind of brag that he's outdoors while everyone else is kind of doing the right thing and quarantining themselves. But he had a point to prove. I'm telling you, this guy is headed in a very negative direction and we all need to pray that he doesn't hurt somebody in the process. You know when you gave your prediction, you know when you uh, you looked into that crystal ball, mm-hmm. you talked about money talking. Were you talking about the fact that he would hire the best lawyer possible or possibly dig up Johnny Cochran, mm-hmm. who for my money is the best lawyer on planet Earth or was the mm-hmm. best lawyer on planet Earth? Was it that that you were talking about or was it that he literally paid his way out is there a way of actually giving a substantial um monetary uh no. donation as it were 
in no. terms of the state. Is that how it works? Talk, talk, talk me through this. No, because I think what you're discussing is just corruption. It sounds like, can does John have the money to mm. pay off someone that can be like, ah, give him 96 hours and an ankle monitor? No, I don't think that's how the holes in our criminal justice system works. What I think is right. that this involves classism, this involves money, this involves socioeconomic status, meaning... Because John is a multimillionaire, which I assume, which I think I've, I've heard, I don't know his net worth, but he has the money to afford an attorney that can yeah. get him the best possible deal. And trust me, and it's not that I'm psychic. I'm a former police officer. I have testified. I know the difference between um, the hired attorney you get because you can't afford one and the person mm. that you pay a lot of money to. I've been cross-examined by those both types of those attorneys, and I can always tell, like, ooh, how much you get paid? I'm actually over here like, wow, you're making me think. You're trying to mm. trip me up. That's an attorney that's well paid, okay? John Jones can afford to get him the best representation out here that will get him what we saw, which was one year supervised probation and someone that's yeah. already outside making fun of us and jeering us with it. He's rich. He can afford that. Rich people can kind of get away with crime. Michael, let you do what he did and mm. not have the money to get the attorney that you have. As a black man and also as a man that doesn't have the net worth of John Jones, I'm telling you right now, the outcome would have been different. I was quite shocked because I know the judicial system, like in the UK, if you are a black man, it doesn't actually fare very well for you. So I had to check that we were, in fact, talking about black John Jones and not white John Jones, who is sometimes <laughs> mistaken for John Jones right. on Twitter. And also on Twitter, I did have, because, you know, I'm always talking about race. I did have some people like, oh, look, a black guy, Gina, got away with a crime. Just mm. because one black person was favorable in our criminal justice does not mean that there aren't any atrocities or, or discrimination to black men or black people in the justice system. One black person getting away with a crime does not negate Emmett Till, Medgar Evans, and all the other people that have been killed during the civil rights you know, movement and also present day 2020, it still exists and it's still happening. John Jones yeah. just happens to be a multimillionaire and a black man, and that works in his favor that he has money. He can pay, not pay people off, he can afford to get this beautiful representation. But it doesn't mm. negate the fact that discrimination does occur in our community. I'm telling you right now, Mike, you do the same shit he did in New Mexico and not with the bread that you have. And I'm telling you, you might have had a more stern penalty <laughs> i wow. firmly believe that yes wow well speaking of the well sticking with the theme of money um one promotion who is going to look for probably alternative means by which they can actually recoup the money that they're going to lose in cancelling three of their events is bellator mm -hmm. bellator 242 and the european series which was uh, bellator london and bellator 243 um, due to be held on the 29th of May. All their May events, in fact, have been postponed. Now, I think it's a, a, a timely uh, segue into this week's guest, who was one half of the main event and due to take place, or it was due to take place, and that was Cal Eleanor versus James Gallagher. We have this week's guest, Cal Eleanor, on the line. Hello. Cal Eleanor, how you doing, my man? Yeah, how you doing, mate? You all right? I'm real good, real good. Snug as a bug in the rug. And with this self-isolation and lockdown, there's no other alternative, really. How about yourself? 
same mate, pretty much chilling, mate. Uh, been for a couple of bike rides and chilled with the bands, mostly, mate. Nice, nice. Well, I'm glad you're sounding like uh, positively upbeat, considering what the situation is right now. May 16th, yourself versus <sighs> Mr. Strabanable himself. Mr. Gallagher uh, was supposed to have actually taken place on London soil. He's um, no more. Bellator actually released a statement this week to say their next three cards taking place in May is no longer a goer. And that means that London, Bellator London, is actually postponed. What's your feelings on that? Uh, well, obviously, like, it's crap because obviously I didn't get to fight James and but at the same time, it's like it's obvious. It was obviously going to happen anyway. Like people are putting stuff on Twitter and, and stuff like that, like saying like about the fight still happening and that it was obviously not happening. Like I thought a couple of weeks ago that the fight wouldn't be taking place. Obviously, we're still trying to prepare the best way we could. When the dog got locked down, we're still trying to get out and run and stuff like that. But I kind of I had a feeling that it wasn't going to happen anyway. You know what I mean with the whole lockdown thing. So. Uh, I kind of prepared myself for it already, but obviously I'm good, you know. I, um, but it's the third time now that it's happened, so it's just like I just want to hurry and get it sorted to it and actually do it. You know what I mean? I'm not, I don't know. I'm just sick of the whole training for the same person. You know what I mean? Normally you do a camp and then fight, and then it's on to the next one. And this one's been on for that long. I'm sick of it now. You know what I mean? Do you think I'm overegging things by saying that essentially what we have here is Khabib versus Tony? Oh, it's cursed, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> oh, oh, it's just one of them things, isn't it? It's just... Uh, it's just, it's got to happen now, you know what I mean? There's that much gone into it and it's been gone for that long. It's just like, it just, it just needs to hurry up and just be done. Just, whenever it is, wherever it is, I'm not bothered even if there's a if there's an audience there or not. I just want to fight them now, you know what I mean? <laughs> Has his recent uh, running with you, I mean, I'm talking specifically about the last press conference we saw you two almost coming to blows. Um, what First of all, let's just rewind for me. What was that all about? He just kind of like seemed to run at you. Yeah, uh, basically he's saying it's because I said, the reason he's feeling like that towards me is because I, I said it, but I questioned the reason why he pulled out. Um, but, like, the reason I was saying that stuff about him is because, like, I just, like, you see all this about, like, how you how you fight whenever and this and that and the other, but then you pulled out two weeks out from the fight with a bad back. Whatever, you know what I mean? Like, when I had all that stuff going on the first time, when I when I was pulled out from the fight... He came out and said loads of stuff about me after as if that was my fault. So I was just like, well, what? You can say that about me, but then you pull out for having a bad back. It's like I've had a bad back since I was 13 years old, since I first started wrestling or whatever, you know what I mean? Whatever, you know what I mean? So it's like, oh, well, man, you cannot, say, you cannot say that about me and then pull out for having a bad back. So that's why I was laying into him about that because I was just like, well, you're a hypocrite, you know what I mean? You, you say one thing and then <clears throat> contradict yourself the next, so... That's why I said all that about him, and, and I think it got under his skin a bit. And then obviously now he's he's getting angry and stuff like that. And then he's he's trying to say that I'm agitated and that he's under my skin, and I'm not really bothered about him at all. Like as you've seen, I, I went out to New York by myself. I was sat there and by myself. There. I did the same in the press conference in Dublin. I'm not bothered about him one bit. And for him to say that is it's ridiculous. And then obviously he's pushing me face at the face offs, and then he's running over to his. When when we backs turned like he always does to people, so I don't know, man. It it is what it is. 
So you didn't actually say anything to trigger him in terms of when you um, saw him running at you. you. You hadn't actually triggered that by words. He was still annoyed by what you'd said previously. Was that, was that, that what that was all about? I'm not too sure about why he ran at his after. Um, I was talking to Victoria Gracie and some, there was somebody with Victoria and someone recently said that that might have been his girlfriend or whatever. I don't know. Um, so maybe maybe thought I was talking to her, which I wasn't. <laughs> uh, and he over about that. But if that's the case, then that's even more ridiculous. You know what I mean? Like, why am I going to randomly start talking to his missus? You know what I mean? I'm not I'm not that kind of guy. You know what I mean? I'm, <laughs> I've got my arm shit going on, you know what I mean. So uh, maybe that, maybe that's why he did it. I'm not. I don't really. I'm not. I'm not really sure. But that's what I saw somebody say in the comments anyway. So that that might have been it. Wow. Now, in hindsight, I mean, you saw what actually happened, obviously, on the day with him and Mike Kimball. Do you think that that's the key to actually um, getting under his skin? In that. Words do seem to affect him. I mean, are you going to ramp this up or is that it for you? Are you drawing a line under that scenario? Uh, you know, it is. Um, if the fight gets raised, whenever they give us a date, if if the fight gets sorted again, then, well, you know what I mean? The, the way it is, is I'll just say it as it is. And, and I'm just saying what I believe will happen in the fight. Like, I think I will knock James out. He can say what I want about, what he wants about me not having knockout power or not like that. But it's like, Anytime I've ever clipped somebody properly, I've not had the chance to knock them out because I've ended up submitting them. I'm not a grappler. He thinks I'm a grappler, and I, I can grapple, but I'm not a grappler. I'm a striker, and he's going to find that out. And I feel like it bothers him when I say stuff like that. You know, he's, he, he gets angry, he gets all tense and that. And it is what it is. Like, I just That's why I'm just saying I just believe I will knock him out or I'll finish him from hurting him with shots anyway. So... And I think that bothers him. So I, if we do get right re-signed and fight again, I'll, I'll be letting him know that again. And in terms of the actual build-up, you said that you know you were actually getting out to run recently, but obviously running is in terms of cardio. That's only half the prep. How are you actually in terms of bodies, in terms of wrestling, in terms of sparring? How are you actually preparing under lockdown? I was, I wasn't. That that that's just it. You know, like. Uh, as long that as long as my weight was good and I was fit, I would have fought James regardless. Um, aside from that, obviously everything else in the house is you're limited, especially limited when you've got two kids as well. Like it's not like that and just randomly burst into like some circuit in my front room, like I've been watching people doing <laughs> shadow boxing in the back garden and stuff like that. Like I'm in the house, I'm being a parent. You know what I mean? It's it's hard. So aside from that, it was just more so just eating trying to keep my weight down and then obviously running uh obviously it's not a camp at all and it's not ideal um but until i was told otherwise i wasn't really sure what was happening and obviously so i still had to kind of try and do something you know what i mean so um obviously I, it, it is what it is i was just trying to take over and and, and basically <laughs> try and say what was going to happen you know what i mean i was kind of under the, i was thinking oh well i might try to see our fight somewhere else or fight behind closed doors somewhere else or whatever that, that I wasn't really I wasn't under any kind of influence of anything you know I didn't know what was going to happen um so I just tried to do my own thing um no wrestling no grappling no striking nothing just running and trying to eat a bit better and trying to keep me weight down now from what you said there that does actually underline a certain sense of determination what was this determination was it 
to actually earn the purse for your family? I mean, you talk about the fact that, you know, you do have kids. Or was it you wanted to actually solidify in your mind that you could beat James and beat him emphatically? Uh, yeah, obviously getting paid is always nice, you know what I mean? I like, obviously, if I got paid and I got I got me money out, I went out and obviously treat the family and stuff and stuff like that and do what you do when you get paid, whatever. But the thing for me is, obviously, fighting James would be cool. Like, as I said before, like, I definitely believe I can beat him uh, in style as well. Um, I feel like I am a real dangerous threat to him and he, the way he fights as well, with his chin up in the air as well. Like, he can say what he wants, but I know for a fact I can clip him. Um, but no, it was more so the fact that, obviously, I haven't fought since I fought Nathan Grayson. And yeah. I, I, as soon as I had that fight, I, obviously, I had a couple of stitches and stuff like that. And then they give us the next date, and that was when the date of me, uh, the, my son was getting uh, due to be born, so obviously I couldn't fight then. So the next fight after that was James in September. Then all that stuff happened there. Then again, when James won that, so it's kind of just like, and, well, obviously, with this time, I just I just wanted to fight somebody. You know what I mean? Um, obviously, fighting James is awesome, but I just want to fight. I want to get in there and do what I do. You know, like, um, obviously, I like the whole build-up and doing all this cool stuff with Bellator and stuff like that, but at the end of the day... I'm an MMA fighter, and I'm not. I haven't been fighting. You know what I mean. So I feel like the whole training and everything's awesome. It's my life anyway, fights or not. But I just want to kind of have some focus and actually get the end product. You know what I mean. Get the get the fight done and have that whole experience again. You know what I mean. It's a it's a thing that you you miss um, when you've been obviously training for so long. That's your end goal. You want to fight and you want to have that kind of just to be let off the chains, you know what I mean? You want to go out and have, have the fight and just get get it out of the way. Uh, and I feel like that's the thing now. It's building it up and building it up and building it up and I just want to hurry up and just get it done. I'm not going to lie. You know, Cal, one of the things which kind of like um, dampened my enthusiasm for this fight initially was you two were getting on so pally and then when it ratcheted it up when the animosity started man i was mega into it <laughs> would it actually mean that you're going to be shaking hands and moving on and basically um bearing the hatchet as soon as you two actually get in the cage together or will the animosity run onwards from this you know what it is you're not the first person to ask us that um it is what it is, you know what I mean? I've had people like James before who I've fought in the past and I'm, you know, I'm a martial artist and I'm a fighter. You can say what he wants as long as he doesn't offend me family. I don't really care what he says about me. Uh, it just all depends on how he deals with things after the fight, you know what I mean? Uh, but I'm always the same, you know what I mean? I'm cool regardless. I don't really hold any grudges or like that. I just fight because I love to fight and if it's got a bit of build-up about it, like this one has, like, I, I definitely can't wait to punch James in the face. Um, <laughs> but after the fight, we'll see. You know what I mean? We'll see how he deals with things after, and we'll see we'll see what happens and, and see how he is, and then we'll go from there. And if he's cool after, then then I'm cool and I'll move on, you know what I mean? And if not, we'll, we'll see, you know? Because speaking of bearing the hatchet, I noticed that you're quite pally now with uh, Nathan Grayson. Now, I know he's uh, semi-retired, but um, mm -hmm. you seem to be uh, in, in the, uh, well, the violent money camp in terms of gear and in terms of uh, yep. uh, apparel. What, what's going on there? Are they your new sponsor? Uh, basically, uh, yeah, like Violent Money, uh, I'm on the on the team with them. What happened there was it was like uh, when me and Nathan Grayson fought, like he already knew who I was. He watched me fight and stuff like that. He, and but I already knew who he was. I had watched him fight before. Um, I'd seen his fight with Arnold Allen, 
Uh, I watched him. I watched him fight Sam Creasy, so I knew how good, how, how tough a fight he was. So although obviously we were fighting each other and we didn't speak to each other before the fight, I already kind of respected him in the sense of him being a tough fight. I just didn't know how he was going to be as a person until after the fight. Yeah, and, and the way he con, con, conducted himself after the fight was it just showed us the type of person he was. You know what I mean? Like, uh, and he he's got kids and. Uh, the, just the same kind of upbringing as me, you know, and we got on, we got on well, and then we just got in touch, and then since then I've been mates from, you know, and he's an absolute, he's a genuine, genuine person, and there's not many people like that about, you know, and I've got a lot of time for him, so when he gives us the opportunity to to be involved with Violent Money, I, I jumped at the chance, you know what I mean, and I'm trying to, um, I've been trying to twist his arm to kind of get him to, to fight again. I think he would. Uh, I feel like he's got loads of good fights left in him, and I feel like this is the perfect time for him to do it. And I feel like it can be a tough fight for anyone at bantamweight, and I feel like even at flyweight, and it could really make some waves. So I'm trying to uh, get him back into it and trying to do do some training with him, and maybe even help each other out with a camp and, and and get back in. You know what I mean? I feel like it can help me improve, and I feel like I can help him improve as well, help each other. Yeah, I, I totally echo your thoughts there. He's a very genuine individual. What I like about him the most is that, you know, he says what he means and he means what he says. When he talks about knowing your worth and getting paid what you are due, he really does mean it. And he was one of the people, if, if you know, I think we need to give him his due. He was one of the people who spearheaded the whole violent money um, movement in terms of not just repping a brand, but actually personifying the fact that if you are worth... Um, a certain amount you should be paid that and what I liked about him is that this has actually rubbed off on other fighters in terms of their ethos too which kind of leads me on to my final question obviously this fight has been postponed but in the meantime you do mention you have a family you do mention you have commitments you do mention that you know you are a prize fighter where does this leave you in terms of well financial um the financial strain which this will actually put on your resources, given that you won't be paid for a while now. I mean, will Bellator actually step up to the plate, which they did recently, and they sorted out and uh, paid in full um, their recent cancelled bout? I mean, are you expecting, in short, are you expecting Bellator to step up and uh, support their assets? Um, it's a tricky one because I feel like the some of the it's it's a lot for like that last one there where they paid everyone was on the day of the show, so the camp had already been done. Uh, everyone had already cut their weight, and that you're getting paid for your camp, you couldn't wait to train. Uh, this one's six weeks out, uh, so I feel like that might be a bit of an issue because it's further out, and obviously. My, I can't speak for everyone else, but it's it, for my circumstances. Obviously, I was recently meant to fight James. The fight didn't go ahead. Um, they didn't get me an opponent, but they paid me anyway. So it's kind of like with this one now. I don't know if they may be thinking, "Oh, well, we already give you money before, uh-huh. so they might not give us it again." I'm not sure. Um, I, I honestly don't know. Obviously, it would be amazing if they did give us something. Um, help out with the bills and stuff like that, leading up, obviously, till whenever the, the coronavirus is gone and, the, and set dates and stuff like that. Again, who knows how long it could be. Um, so, yeah, it would be cool. And, and obviously, seeing everyone that they'll get the full purse or even their show money, I mean, they're going to be spending a lot of money there. So I think that's like maybe might be out of the question. I, I don't know. But to get something will be cool. I, uh, who knows, you know. Um, just waiting to speak back, speak to my manager and, and see and see what goes ahead there. Um 
but who knows? I, I mean, I know there's a lot of guys who were on the card who kind of like put a lot of time in uh, getting ready for that for that camp and stuff like that. So they kind of are dependent on getting paid and stuff like that. Because obviously, some of them full time fighters not getting a wage now till later in the year, it, it, it's going to be hard for them. So who knows? We'll we'll see. But I know it's they're in a funny situation as well because obviously, how much of a money like how much money they have lost over the three events they'll have cancelled, they'll be high, high, high in the millions, you know what I mean? So it's hard to say. It's hard to say. They're in a tricky situation as well. Well, knowing your manager looks after Aaron Chalmers and looks after Fabian Edwards, I've got a feeling, given how tenacious he is, that he'll definitely be going to bat for you. So good luck with that. And, um, you know, hopefully... Fingers crossed if uh, things do go the way, hopefully, that um, uh, we all hope that it will do. And that is, we see this on a future card. Um, you finally get to meet your man. 100% the ideal. I don't know if you noticed there, I was quite keen just to keep stoking those flames in terms of beef, but it doesn't even look like my, uh, my, my troublemaking was needed because it's kind of clear that they are now on the path should they actually now meet um to actually continue what is reaching kind of a fever pitch in terms of you know the way in which they dislike each other i can't wait really to see this happen oh i mean this is nothing but free promotion every time they cancel this fight mike they get angrier mm. and angry and it was so funny <laughs> <laughs> it was so funny mike like initially they were like yeah we want to fight each other and cal was like i think i can beat you and james is like no you can't but i you know i want to fight you and then it was so polite and cordial and i liked it and then as the fight keeps getting canceled these boys really now want to kill each other and now they're like pointing mm. fingers at each other well now you pulled out and you said this but no I didn't say this well fuck it let's fight and I cannot wait this is just again we've discussed this so many times on this podcast you know organic natural you know beefs and, and arguments mm. and dislike is is we welcome it here at the Wocast, okay like it's authentic it's real nobody's dressing up nobody's a magician you know it, they they yeah. Honestly <laughs> and authentically dislike each other, and I'm here for it. You know, I, I cannot wait. And you can hear the disdain in Cal's voice. You can see the progression in it. You know, they went, like I said, they went from being polite to now Cal is just ready to prove his point and to beat this man's ass. And I'm sure James feels what? the same way. Yeah, I mean, one one narrative I'm going to continue to push, which seems to have come through for the UFC fighters who are awaiting payment. Um, I, I've spoken to a number of them, main uh, eventers and um, prelim fighters alike have now um, been told that they will be paid um, in some way, shape or form for the cancelled event. Mm. Now, that's the narrative I'm pushing for these events. I would hope that um, far be it for me to, you know, insist, but it would, I think, raise the bar in terms of how athletes are taken care of by promotions. If without prompting, um, you know, Scott Coker were to say, look, you are each as valuable as um, we as a collective view as you view yourself. So here is your show money, for example, or here is a holding five grand, for example. I'm really hoping that, you know, regardless of whether it's Bellator 242, 243 or Bellator London, that, you know, these athletes get paid. Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm going to go far out 
to say this, and this might be controversial, I think Bellator is showing us that they are the more professional organization in comparison to the UFC. Because what I did like about Scott Coker is that you might not like how he runs his business. For example, I cannot stand the eight different ways to watch Bellator. I cannot stand the (laughs) oversaturation of Bellator. They have like five fights Mm. on Friday, then 12 more the next day. I'm overwhelmed. And then there's tape delays. And I can keep going. I have a lot of complaints about Bellator. But what I do like is that... Right. And and naturally so. You know what I mean? Like it's it's still up and coming. It's it's still being worked on, you know? But my point is is that I like that Scott Coker is showing us that he's a human being that cares. He reminds me of the supervisor yeah. that not, not only do you like his leadership, but you get a feeling that your boss cares about you. And we yeah. all love supervisors like that. You know what I mean? Like that extra little oomph. Like you like my work and you also like me. And I like that Scott showed us that when he said i believe he said to the media i don't know if he could live with himself if they if they were at risk or if they were you know if they caught the virus something like that i, I don't have it in front mm. of me and it it just kind of made me smile and it made me be like wow he actually cares like if he threw a bellator event and one of the fighters reported that they had covid19 or brought it home to their families or anyone affiliated with a bellator fight during a pandemic, it would bother Scott if they tested or if they died or if they got sick. And I'm not really getting yeah. that from, from the UFC. Instead, I'm... No, you're right, yeah. because I, I really feel that COVID-19 does need to be treated with respect in terms of the way mm-hmm. that people talk about it. Mm-hmm. And putting on, a ve- on an event in the middle of a pandemic is not the one. And I feel that, you know, Scott, like you say, I get the vibe from him as well, that he really does value, does look out for and does want to look after his assets yeah. and those are his athletes you know speaking of um looking after athletes and looking after assets particularly um with the word assets ringing <laughs> and um chiming uh, to mind i think it's only right that we hear from kairos who has a few things to say about athletes and their assets let's talk about our twitter sphere and the mma community not not the fans the fighters Constantly, constantly, we are berated with these thirst traps and cries for attention. But I love it. Why is it that Twitter has some of the most horny people in the universe? But as soon as boobs and butts get thrown in your faces, we act holier than thou. Oh, really? So that's the car we're playing. These are the tactics we are imploring when we get our deepest, darkest desires. At least... Be real with yourself. Just say nothing. Because I know half of y'all are loving it. But because it's popular culture to hate on it, most people hide their true feelings. Well, guess what? That's on you. I'm not going to hide nothing. If I see something I like, I'm going to enjoy it. I'm going to compliment them. I might even throw in a favor. I can't retweet it, though. I can't. I can't let people know. Can't let them know my next move and what I'm doing. But... I'm not going to sit here and slander y'all for showing off your beautiful bodies that God gave you. No, I'm not going to do it because I love it. I'm not going to sit here and act like I don't condone that behavior because let's be real. It's principle and precedent. As soon as we start shooting down these women, when I want to put out my beautiful body on the TL and on Twitter and on Instagram, y'all are going to shoot me down too. So I won't have it. I'm going to practice what I preach, and what I'm preaching is body positivity. If Paige Van Zandt wants to show off her naked body in her garden with her naked boyfriend, as long as I ain't got to see her boyfriend, I don't care. If Valerie Laredo, Laredo wants to put out some videos on TikTok of her doing what basically I've seen every single woman on the planet do in terms of dance moves, not let her do that. 
Let her do that. If any Rachel Osby, whatever Angela Hill, whoever, whoever people you guys want to say, want to do something like that, let them do it. Because guess what? You guys are crying about fighters not being compensated for competing, but then they put out an OnlyFans, or then they put out a, a Patreon, or then they put out a whole bunch of other stuff, and then y'all say, but why, why are they doing this? They got no other time. They trying to make money. They are trying to make money. So let them make that money. And it ain't tricking if you got it. And last but certainly not least, remember when I told y'all about all the great things John Jones has accomplished? <laughs> and then literally a day later, he gets arrested. I just thought I'd throw that in there because I wanted to let y'all know I am a fan of him, but he just does so much bad stuff <laughs> that I can't defend him. <laughs> Thank y'all so much. Have a great week. Now, I think we've had a really good run with Kairos. Wouldn't you agree that, you know, myself in particular has agreed and agreed mightily with his stance. But this is where the wheels come off. I wholeheartedly disagree. I personally feel that the Van Zants, I feel that they are, they are, they are being mega desperate. I feel as though they are really, really putting themselves out there to a level where it does seem as though they are begging it. How about you? Oh, my God. I have so much to say about this. Like, it, um, <laughs> no, because I've been trying. I've been ignoring her thirsty ways for, for so long now because it's like mm. because I don't want people to think that, you know, I'm slut shaming or whatnot, which I'm not. But I just find that her behavior is just distasteful. It's also redundant and she's overdoing it. And mm. I also find that none of this empowers women or there's no links to a charity or whatnot. Like what exactly is Paige Van Zandt doing? And how is this yeah. making our sport better? How are you empowering women? And at what point is this too trashy and too much and over the top? And, and, and here's the thing. Mike, do you remember that um, fighter we had from Italy on the show, uh, Nicole Desenji? I'm killing her name. Do you remember her? Contender Series fighter from uh, Italy? Mihol Desenji. There you go. Mihol Desenji. Shout out to you, um, sis, and I hope you still listen to the show. The reason why I bring her up is because she is a like a provocative type of sexy tattoo model, and she started a business yeah. called Suicide Girls. And if you want to see mm. these sexy photos, you got to pay up, baby. And I, <laughs> and guess what? I support it. You know why? When we had her on the show, all she talked about was, I do that because it makes me feel good. I do that mm. because it empowers other women. And then I got other women that feel the same way that I feel about it. And now we have a website, and we get in this money, but it's all about because we like how we feel and how we look it's about empowering mm. women Paige Van Zandt is doing nothing but making her and her husband an object and feeding into a patriarchal misogyny system that's where I have a problem with it it's cheap it's too much take your fans Do that you enjoy think? this and have your own MMA only mm. fans page and take all the thirst traps with you and leave the sport alone I don't even see do you go ahead Mike I'm rambling I was about to say, do you think, though, there is a bait and switch happening here? Because I'm not sure if you've seen the latest tweet or the latest um, communication from the Van Zandt's. But basically, what Paige is saying is, this is my number. 
I want you to text me and you and I can have a one-on-one conversation. Now, there's bait and switch there in my mind, in the back of my mind, is saying that's data capture. That is classic data capture 101. Mm -hmm. I'm giving you something for free, Mm -hmm. i.e. me, and um, what you're giving me is your data. The most valuable commodity that we have on planet Earth right now, you know what it is? It's data. Yeah. So that data you can actually either monetize, and that is you can sell on, or you can actually use to plug goods to actually market things which you are going to make money from. What do you reckon of that? I I honestly, again, I do not knock her for making fun, making money, excuse me. But I think Mm. the problem that I have with this is that it's distasteful, corny, and misogynist. It's, It's misogyny all over it. And that's the problem I have with it. It's not tasteful. It does nothing for women. And I don't mind that she's even making money from this. I don't mind when women make money in this type of fashion. It's not for me. But when is it over the top? And and also, I do like that she put her phone number, believe this or not. I like that she put her phone number up and said, here, call this number if you want to be a thirst mm. trap with me. You know why? Take your thirst trap fans and get them off my timeline. <laughs> get them out of MMA. Get them out of, take the people that want to see your fake tits and see you act crazy with your husband. Get them out of MMA and go in a corner and, and, and make your money and do that. Because some of us actually watch the UFC to see Paige Van Zandt fight. We don't pay money to see her and her husband being all weird and naked in the motherfucking kitchen. You know, you know what I'm saying? Like, and that goes for Valerie too. At what point do you bring it back to MMA and make this about why we're here in the first motherfucking place, which is fighting? The moment Paige stops this nonsense and is like, "Gee, I'm training. I'm fighting Rebus. I'm back. I'm Paige Van Sant all day." But if she keeps putting her butt cheeks out there and her husband out there, go in the corner, put your number out, take all the thirsty people with you, and get the fuck out of MMA for a minute. Because yeah. you're not helping women. You're not donating this shit to nothing. It's corny. It's distasteful. And let me give you an example. Rachel Ostrovich is another one. But guess what? I like her mm-hmm. posts. They're sexy. Yeah. They're empowering. She likes it. It makes her feel good. She bounces. Tasteful. Yeah, it's just tasteful. She bounced back from her broken orbital. And now she's out here sexy. And she does it on occasion. Andraj posted a picture yesterday of herself in the tub naked. Mike, I almost came. I'm going to just be honest. I was like, oh, my God. <laughs> She's so, I'm going to just, you know, keep it real. I was like, oh, my God. Andraj just, yes, baby be more but guess what she did it tastefully it's not thirst wow. trappy and she doesn't do it all the time it's okay when mm. women in mma are like look i'm sexy too ow look at my butt i don't mind but what Paige yeah. has done is made it distasteful misogynist and disgusting and it does nothing for women and we're not even mm. talking about her fighting anymore we're talking about her in a damn kitchen and her husband holding his dick on in the counter. You're being weird, bitch. Leave us alone. You're being weird. That's the problem. It's not slut shaming. It's not. It, it's just too much, honey. Fix your arm yeah. and book a fight and leave us alone. Take your thirst trap people with you. Go in the corner. <laughs> you know what? Talking of being weird, what does seem to be hella weird is. Dana White's insistence that oh my God. the show must go on. Two four nine has. I feel captured the imagination of so many people, but for the wrong reasons. It seems as though, come hell or high water, Dana White is going to see UFC 249 take place. And um, I think it's only right that we have Chisanga and his comments around this event. Well, 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 folks. 
Where on earth do I start with the latest in the ongoing UFC 249 saga? Now, obviously, you know the main script that UFC 249 is meant to be taking place a week on Saturday at the Barclays Center in Brooklyn. Obviously, that got scrapped because of the ban on mass gatherings due to the coronavirus in New York, and quite rightly so. But last week was... What's the word I'm trying to look for? It was, uh, <laughs> I don't want to use the, the cliche uh, the term, a crazy week in MMA, but it was an absolutely crazy week in MMA in terms of the twists and turns that Habib Nurmagomedov's lightweight title defense against Tony Ferguson took. Early last week, it looked like the fight between Habib and Tony would be off when it emerged that Vladimir Putin had shut down Russia and essentially stranded Habib in Dagestan. Yes, I went full skeptic there. I couldn't I couldn't say shut down and not say it like that. Anyway, and then on Wednesday night, Habib seemingly confirmed he was withdrawing from the fight in a lengthy Instagram post in which he questioned the UFC's and fans' insistence that he fight in the midst of a global pandemic. The likes that we've not seen for the for 100 years since the, the Spanish flu. I do believe the Spanish flu was around... Uh, around 1910 or something but if if I'm wrong please at me then moving back to the timeline then on Friday Habib comes out and says send me location and that he's still down to fight I believe he told Brett Okamoto that so it's absolutely crazy the 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 turn of events. It's it's like the will they won't they saga, like of a of a of a transfer saga in, in football. I don't know if you guys watch soccer or whatever, but for me, it's quite fitting that the latest chapter in the nearly five year long story that is Habib and Tony has taken so many twists in the last week or so. But what's not fitting and what is not on is the stick that Nurmagomedov has received over the last few days. Now, as I mentioned earlier, Habib was pilloried for his apparent withdrawal statement on Wednesday night, in which he quite rightly questioned why in the midst of a once in a century type situation, he should be forced to risk his life, the life of his coaches and indeed his family for our own entertainment. Some of the comments and the tweets that I was reading on my timeline truly blew my mind and reminded me what a cesspool MMA Twitter can actually be. The overwhelming narrative, which was completely baffling, was that Nurmagomedov had fled back to Russia because he's scared of Tony. <sighs> I have to sigh in between when I say that. That narrative was further driven by Ferguson, who I don't begrudge for saying that because obviously he's pissed the fight has essentially fallen out. And of course, Conor McGregor, the latter of whom claimed uh, Habib, I do believe the word that he used was scurried or something along those lines, back to Dagestan after losing the latest game of chicken. But let's not make any mistakes about it or beat around the bush. That notion is absolute BS. For anybody who truly believes the man who has handily beaten the best the lightweight division has, has to offer has gone back to his homeland to see his family in the midst of a global pandemic, like, as I said, the likes of which we haven't seen in over 100 years, I truly have to question their mental capacity. And when you factor in the fact the card has no venue, what else can you expect Khabib to do when he was essentially unable to train in California in San Jose, a.k.a. due to restrictions brought in by the state and unable to enter the UAE, which is where the UFC told him the fight will 90% happen? Part of me feels that this narrative has played right into the hands of the UFC, 
who, if given the chance, have shown in the past that they're more than willing to throw a fire under the bus if it means they can deflect any of the heat off them. The main example um, which comes to my mind, and I've, I've thought about this last night, actually, I, I've, I was up until silly o'clock last night. I don't know why this came to, came to mind, probably because I'm writing a piece on it from my column in The Star on uh, Tuesday. The, over, the overriding example for me was when John Jones was meant to fight Dan Henderson at UFC 151 in September uh, 2012, I believe. Again, if I'm wrong on the dates, feel free to at me and question my my credentials as an MMA journalist. Um, Dan Henderson was unable to compete on the card and the UFC offered John Chelson in on eight days' notice. Now, quite rightly, John said no to that offer and the UFC did something which was truly baffling and they indiscriminately cancelled the entire card, with which meant the blame was well and truly laid at John's feet. And by not cancelling UFC 249 and essentially giving fans, well, the fans who I think are being selfish and calling for the fight to go ahead and want the fight to go ahead, hope that the fight is going to go ahead, they're doing the same to Khabib, albeit with Dana White not going scorched earth on him yet and yet being the key word in that sentence. I, for one, don't believe this fight is going to happen, but what I don't want to happen is for Habib to be wrongly blamed for a card that should have been cancelled weeks ago, getting cancelled. All right, guys, that's all from me, Chisanga Malaya from the Daily Star and Daily Express. Take care, stay safe, stay with your families, and stay indoors. All right, so Chisanga's bit kind of triggered me, Mike. And mm. she's saying, I love you. You did a good job. It, it's not you. It's what we're talking about here. I, yeah. I don't understand how Tony Ferguson, who has a family of his own, and that this is a man that if you ask a question about his family, he's so protective. He says, fuck you. You know, like, mm. you can't touch his family. You can't talk about his family. You can't do nothing about his family. And Conor McGregor is in Ireland telling the government to shut down. He's telling everyone to social distance and to stay home. But yet these two people dragged Khabib for staying home. I don't understand. Mm. Mm. These are two family men that themselves that are probably quarantining and at home. <laughs> and they're making fun of Khabib for doing the same thing and putting it out there that he's ducking them. Totally inappropriate yeah. and not the message you need to send to fans right now. It just really isn't. Have some respect for your competitor, you know? You know something? I, I really do feel that this is what I feel um, defines journalism. And that is, Chisanga has cut straight to the chase. There was an underlying reason. Well, there, was an, there was a reason that underpinned um, Khabib the Mega Madoff's um, journey back home. Mm-hmm. His life is more um, valuable than the commodity that seems to be attached to it by the promotion that supposedly looks out for his interests. The fact is... He's not the coronavirus. I think he said this in in um, one of his interviews. The fact of the matter is his health is more important. And really and truly, he was told that it was going to be in Abu Dhabi. So, right. of course, he left the country. Now, what seems to be the pressing issue here isn't their health. It's actually making this event take place regardless and against all odds now 
that doesn't actually speak to the caring and 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 wonderful um promotion that is looking out for the fighters that dana white would have us believe that he is helming it strikes me that this is a capitalist organization which is fine it's a capitalist which is helmed world, by right. a person yeah which is helmed by a, a person who has dollar signs in his eyes because He's not getting paid. Um, sorry, the promotion is losing money, hemorrhaging money by not holding events. That is a fact. Now, whilst, you know, it's okay, well and good for me to sit here as a person, obviously, um, who hasn't the magnitude in terms of um, an organization to look after mm-hmm. and to look out for, um, I have to side with Khabib his health comes first and the way that he's kind of like played this has been masterful he's put himself in the driver's seat and he is dictating the pace he isn't actually being um told to jump and then ask how high he's actually saying no wait my health is more important yeah I I I knew that from when this started. I was like, Khabib's not leaving his family to go fight, and the UFC doesn't even Mm -hmm. have a location for him. First of all, how are you trying to get these people to fight when you don't even have the decency to tell them the fight is postponed, canceled, or in the works? You're saying nothing to these people, but yet you drag them when they can't meet your unprofessional, crazy demands. It's it's. I, I I couldn't work for the UFC. I would I would be I, I need professionalism and structure for me to even do what I can do. So I can't even imagine what they're going through. Can you imagine being dragged for not going to a fight and the people that want you to fight don't even know where it is during a pandemic? <laughs> I, I, I can. It's crazy. I can it's crazy. I think it was Jasanga who said this um, during his his piece. What Dana does consistently is where it suits him, he will ensure that he will throw you under the bus so that you take the heat and the heat is firmly off him, away from him, deflecting him. That's classic Trumpism as far as I'm concerned. That is Trump behavior. And it seems like, I think we discussed this on the last podcast, there's a lot of parallels between Trump and Dana White. Well, let's... Unequivocally. Absolutely. And I totally agree with you on that. But let's look into our... um, you know, our magic ball and try to predict the future. Mike, do you think this fight takes place or not? Because I've got some uh, tidbit information for you here. I don't know if you know this, but the president of Belarus is offering to Mm. have the fight in his country. There's no coronavirus. There's no cases. There's no travel bans. He's acting as if coronavirus is, he calls it a psychosis and he refused to acknowledge it. And he's offering the UFC to have the fight there. And Dana has not responded because, you know, Dana is not saying anything. So I don't know yeah. if Dana has a location and he's staying true to that. I'm not telling the media shit or is mm-hmm. or is Dana getting ready to throw Khabib under the bus and then so that it doesn't look like it's him that can't, ha- you know, have the fight because he's been bragging that he's going to get it done. Is he preparing to throw Khabib under the bus or are we going to Belarus? What do you think? I don't think we're going to Belarus. That's the first mm-hmm. thing. I think what. By every single uh, word that Khabib has uttered, he is checked out of this fight. He is not fighting. There is nothing that says to me that he is preparing for a world championship bout. When has he sparred? When has he worked on his cardio? When has he started to prepare mentally for this, physically for this? 
there has been no preparation on a championship but, level. So why should he go into this half-assed, half-cocked, and basically um, risk his legacy? And his health. And his health. Like... And his health, and then his family's health. A lot of people don't know this. Uh, Khabib is extremely private, but I do believe um, Khabib's wife just gave birth a couple of months ago. I think he has Ah. like a five or a six month old at at home. I just got the tea a couple days ago. But Mm. I don't know if it's credible, but it's, it's something that I've been hearing. And you know, he's extremely private. Why would he be away from them during a pandemic? And also, Khabib is not doing anything that most of us aren't doing like i'm at home i'm at home with Mm. my cat if i had a Mm -hmm. five-month-old i'd really be at home and here's another thing we talked about economy and whatnot if global governments are saying fuck the economy everybody stay home and let the economy Mm. crash why isn't the ufc taking that serious like Several world governments have shut down and they know their economies are crashing. I would think that COVID-19 should be taken serious. And like you said, given the respect that it deserves, global companies that are fueled and funded and thrive off of capitalism are saying, fuck the economy. Everybody stay inside. I think we need to pay attention to that and, and do it. And I don't see why UFC fighters are being dragged for that. I just don't. You know some. You know something? Not that I'm wishing this on anybody, mm-hmm. but it appears that people who are the worst detractors of COVID-19 are those people who've had no connection or no experience or are just gutting this out because they don't believe that it's a threat. But Mike, hold on, Our hold Prime on, Minister, Mike. Let, uh, allow, me, uh-huh. allow me to interrupt because you just got my gears going. Those same people mm. are quarantining. That's the part that pisses me off because... Ken Shamrock, Jake Shields, there's a few others out there, particularly fighters, yeah. that are bragging that this is just, oh, Pat Militich, uh, Renzo Gracie. If you guys look up their accounts, you can see the rhetoric for anti-COVID. We're, we're all exaggerating, yada, yada, yada. Yeah. But when you yeah. at them, and, and these men are like responsive. They're not like Connor. They respond to fans. Do me a favor, mm. y'all. Do what I did. I at all of them and was like, are you social distancing or quarantining? They don't respond. You know why? Because they are. (laughs) You know what I mean? Like, that's the part that gets me, Mike, is that I haven't seen Dana White do an interview outside his home since this started. When he did the Barstool interview and he shitted on the media, he was on a couch. He touted that he was home. All these people talking Mm -hmm. about if I get it, I get it. That's fine. Why are you on the couch at home? Go get it. Why are you telling us that this is overblown and this is just more people get killed in care accidents (laughs) like Ken Shamrock said, or Jake Shields saying, you know, the economy and this is just ridiculous. Why aren't you outside? I have no respect for anybody that says that the economy is more important or that this is just Mm -hmm. the flu. Go fucking get it. Because I I want to go outside too, Mike. I'm tired. I want to go outside. I had a life before this, but I'm staying inside because I think this is something that's very serious. So I don't understand this. And speaking of serious, you see, that's the point which you've nicely linked back to. Go out and get it. Our Prime Minister was talking about, you know, going into hospital wards where there were people with COVID-19 shaking their hands and um, he's continuing to shake hands. Mm -hmm. Now, he's obviously since then distanced himself from what he said publicly. And it turns out that he now has COVID-19. Now, he 
initially was saying he displayed mild symptoms of the uh, actual um, COVID-19. Now, I was watching, um, it was. It looked like a Zoom call with all of the cabinet mm-hmm. uh, last week, end of last week, and he looked terrible. It just flashed up on my screen, literally, uh, about a minute, no, yeah, two minutes does, ago, yeah. that he he has now been admitted to hospital. They only oh, admit no. you to hospital if they have grave concerns yeah. over your health, i.e. they have to put you on a ventilator. So no one can tell me that he's now um, committed to this uh, fraudulent uh, phrase of just displaying mild symptoms. If they're admitting you to hospital, there is something gravely and quite seriously wrong. So right. you can best believe that the rhetoric from now on is going to be this is something to respect and this is something to take seriously. Yeah, so that's why I'm confused as to why are we still discussing that a fight is going to take place. Will it take for a UFC fighter to test for COVID-19 or for some type of scandal to occur? For example, if the fight... I believe it will. Yes, if the fight takes case takes place in Belarus. Guess what? Mm. Belarus will have, um, they will be inducted into the coronavirus Olympics. They will now compete with the rest of the countries fighting coronavirus. And it just baffles me <laughs> that nobody from the UFC is thinking this. Like, do you guys have contingency plans in place for when, like, you bring that shit to Belarus or, like, Tony gets it and he's on a ventilator or, like, a fighter um, needs to be quarantined first before they get their fi- their injuries fixed from a fight and now they're suffering you know from an injury due to a travel ban or a quarantine like there it's i'm just utterly astounded and i appreciate fighters like Derek lewis that are saying it i'm i'm not that selfish to fight right now i could give it to a family member and then you have tim kennedy saying that taking people off the beaches and closing stuff is a form of communism but i guarantee Mm -hmm. you he's quarantining himself (laughs) <laughs> I don't understand these people, Mike. And here's another thing. I got a question for you, Mike. It's something I've been thinking about. Mm. Um, Alex Scafidi, I'm saying her name all wrong. She got me thinking. She posted the other day, controversial, but whatever. Articles promoting any fighter's opinions on the pandemic should correct misinformation with fact-checking or a disclosure. Anything less is irresponsible and ne- negligent. Now, for instance, when Cam Shenrock tells everybody that more people died with accidents and let's just say like a media outlet covers that. Don't you think that media outlet is responsible for being like the CDC says that's incorrect instead of just pushing this like wrong rhetoric? What do you think about like fact checking trashy coronavirus takes? That's journalism 101 where you have somebody giving information which is contrary to the facts. It should be either either in the course of the interview, if it's an audio one, or in the course of a video interview, or in the course of something which has been written up, you actually refer to the correct information. So that's kind of like journalism 101. And I'd thank you. And that's why I brought this up. Why isn't that occurring? When these media outlets cover these horrible takes, or they want to mention it, and we're all like, craving content so i even get like reporting some of this nonsense but can we we start fact checking this like notice when i bring up ken shamrock's takes i bring up the cdc i bring up how stupid it is i bring up how scared it is i'm even trying to dispel people from not listening to him and i'm even trying to show people that the same people feeding you this rhetoric are hiding in their apartments like us don't listen to them do what the cdc says do not listen to these people you know and and here's another thing mike i think it's fear 
I think all these people telling us that the economy is more important, this is just the flu, I think they're just as scared as us, Mike, and processing it differently. I think you hit the nail on the head, though, when you've asked the question as to where they are. Are they observing social distancing and the deathly quiet response that you've received? I personally feel speaks volumes, but talking about speaking volumes... We've got some listener um, feedback and listener comments this week coming through our voicemail. So first up is Jim Asun. I hope you all are taking heed to uh, staying home and staying safe. See a lot of you outside still. Tell you, keep that shit up, man. It's going to be fucking martial law soon. Trust me. Stay the fuck home and be safe. Okay, so, question... Seeing they had that uh, WWE bullshit yesterday, and again tonight's gonna be on. <laughs> Damn right. I'm kind of thinking maybe Dana might be able to pull off this fucking UFC 249. I don't know. What do you guys think? I really like to see it, but I I, I want to see it as a selfish person. You know, what I mean, a selfish fan, whatever you want to call it. But mm-hmm. morally, we shouldn't be doing it. You know, what I mean, we should be putting anybody at risk, in my opinion. That's my question. And it's always 420. Peace. <laughs> Initially, I have to say, Jim is echoing my thoughts. And that was the selfish person within me wants to see fights. But when you look at the ramifications, it's not just what will happen to that person if they do um, get COVID-19 themselves. But the associated ramifications for people who they mix with, for people in their household, for their close family. I just think it's just not worth the gamble this is russian roulette basically what we're saying here is we we are taking a gamble we're going to take a spin if we get it well we'll have hell to pay but if we don't without some entertainment well nah it's not worth the risk not worth the gamble we shouldn't be playing russian roulette this isn't the deer hunter Oh, excuse the sirens, Mike. I know you like that noise. Oh, Do you yeah. hear him? <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Mike loves this shit. I fucking hate it. Mm. Um, Brooklyn is still, even though we're all inside, Brooklyn is still a little lit. Um, Jim, I totally agree with you. And and Mike, if Dana pulls off this COVID-19 event, mm. I'm watching it. I mean, what am I going to do, boycott it? No, I'm not. I'm going to watch it, and I'm going to enjoy myself, but then I'm going to feel so guilty because it's just wrong. And here's another thing that we need to discuss. Like, everyone online is is like me. We're getting pissed off at seeing people not social distancing. You also need to be pissed off at the UFC for not social distancing. The more we don't social distance, the more we stay out of work and could lose our jobs and the economy will plummet. If we all stay inside, which is including the UFC and these dumbass fighters Mm -hmm. that want to fight during this time... If we don't get control of this virus, there is no economy to save because there's no population. If we don't stay inside and 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 we get sick, we're going to destroy our healthcare system, which is huge for our economy, and that is globally. And that is to include the UFC. If the UFC spreads this COVID cootie with a vice, with with a fight, excuse me, mm-hmm. it's not helping us curb the virus either. Do y'all want to go back to work? I do, because the longer I sit out, I might lose my job. So I need everybody to kind of come inside so that we can beat this, so we can go back outside. And that is to include the UFC. They have to behave just like the rest of us. <laughs> We're not going to beat this if, if we go outside and have sporting events. Exactly. And it's, it's, very, it's very hypocritical of MMA Twitter and people online to be like, look at those people in D.C. congregating. Look at those people at the park. And then you cry out, then you want a UFC fight. That's the same shit, y'all. It's mm. not so social distancing 
100%. Next up is MMA by Milliken. Yay. <laughs> Drum roll. Hey, G. Hey, Michael. It's MMA by Milliken. I hope you guys are good. Paige Van Zandt, generally speaking, can kiss my ass. <laughs> but it's like I have to look at her. Why can't I look at her and not her husband? All right? <laughs> Just start her OnlyFans account and be done with it. I don't think Habib Facts. is ducking Tony, but it's the boogeyman. Mm. People are supposed to duck him. I don't fault anyone for doing so. However, I don't have any respect for the fighters that come from out of the woodwork claiming that they think they can beat somebody. That's why they challenge them. No, challenge the person who's the hardest to beat. UFC 249, if you could pick a co-main event, current fighters, anyone, who would it be? Take care. Shout out to Milken. He's one of my favorites, and I love his voice. Um... Milkin, I'm with you. Take your take your thirsty fans page and go in the corner and, and do your fans only. And 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 you know what? It's so funny. I'm glad Milkin brought this up because I have a follower on um, MMA Twitter. Her name is Marley, and she had stated too. She's just like, why is Paige Van Zandt's boyfriend in all the pictures? Like no one wants to see that small package. That's one. <laughs> um, secondly. Marley's hilarious. She also said, too, like if Paige Van Zandt was trying to be a feminist and empowered, why is she posing with a man? Mm. Some people don't want to see her motherfucking boyfriend because we watch <laughs> Paige Van Zandt because we know her from fighting. OK, and and like enough already. So I'm with Milken on that. As far as a co-event Milken, I don't know. I'm so confused and dizzy with this car that I don't know who's available, who's in the United States, who's in Iran, who has COVID-19. I personally don't want to see the fight, so I'm not doing any matchmaking for 249. I think it's a sin if it goes forward. And it's also going to ruin my chances of coming back outside because Dana is spreading the virus that we need to beat. So I can't answer that one. But I will watch Milken if they pull it off. I'm 100% with you because I think we were just discussing that, you know, the longer this goes on, the the more um, likely that, you know, people like you and I will lose our jobs because yeah. we are needed um, to go Outside. back to work so that we can actually <laughs> yeah. make money. So we yeah. need to actually stay inside so we can go outside. So exactly. us actually promoting, us actually um, matchmaking kind of goes against that. So I, I'm definitely with you there, G. I, I can't actually yeah. sanction that. But yeah, I also agree yeah. that, you know, we, we don't want to see Mr. Paige Van Zandt. In all honesty, I don't even want to see ah. Paige Van Zandt. Um, like this. I, I feel as though she should put her content behind a paywall and that's where it belongs. She's doing it wrong, Mike. I think that's what the complaint is. It's not slut-shaming. Nobody's mad at her titties and her being cute. It's just, it's too much. It's becoming exploitative. Mm. You're distracting us from MMA. You're dragging your little poor husband with it. It's just like, it's not done in good fashion. It's not like the Suicide Girls. It's not like the other girl that's like, bitch, I look good. I'm doing this, and y'all gonna pay me for this. That's woman empowerment, believe it or not. This is not. This is a scam. This is a gimmick. Take your fans and go on the corner page. Go ahead, Mike. Okay, last but by no means least, here is Aaron Jackson. Oh, what's up, Mike and G, as always. Love the show. Love y'all. And this is Juice from the Fighting With Myself podcast, by the way. And I got a question for you guys. Going with the moniker of the Wellcast, always making trouble. <laughs> I love his accent. Uh, G sent me a question. 
and I know it's on the docket to discuss about Paige Van Zandt wiling on Instagram with no clothes on and her man. And uh, since I, you know, always making trouble, I'm going to play devil's advocate and I'm going to say, I love it. I can't get enough. Not literally, but I, I support it and I have my reasons. So I want to know what fighter would you guys like to make an OnlyFans and uh, what would it take for each of you to make one? Like what is, would be your breaking point to be like, all right, fuck it. I'm, I'm going to do it. Uh, hit me up, love you guys as always, and uh, I'm looking forward to this episode. <laughs> that is a good question. I have some questions yeah. for my myself, I... though, Mike. And, yeah, and go, then go I'll for answer it. it. I what? So fans only. What exactly is that? Is it always sexual in nature? I'm glad you asked because I couldn't <laughs> tell you. I've never checked it out. Neither I've never I. signed up for an account. I'm assuming. I'm assuming that the content is something that you put behind a paywall. So it's either risque or it's hardcore. Now, the way that I look at it is um, what people want to do behind a paywall is completely up to them. Uh, I think we've gone over this uh, previously. You know, what PVZ and her man are doing, um, I think needs to be behind a paywall. But um, that's as much as I know about OnlyFans. And that is nothing. I'm just guessing that it is, you know, you know, of content that you would put behind a paywall, which is risque or, as I say, slightly pornographic in nature. That's where you go to see the titties. That's what you're saying, Mike. Yes, that's Mm. where you go see the photo. That's what I assumed. Like this is a place where I pay to see raunchy photos. Um, So I'm going to answer Juice's question. Love you too, Juice. um, there's nothing that you could that could happen that would make me do an OnlyFans and then y'all get to see my titties. No, like that would never. <laughs> like that, that, I will never sell ass um, my titties or myself to put a roof over my head or there's nothing that could happen. I'll live in a shelter first before I do that because I was just raised. I was I was raised <laughs> wow. differently. Like I work for mine and I don't use my body to do so. Um, mm. Secondly, if I was to be a pig and want an OnlyFans page, man, where do I start? We can start with Denise Keyholtz. We can start with uh, maybe Rachel O. Does she have one? I mean, Jessica Andrade. Everybody that I would just love to like get with. <clears throat> I would love to. <laughs> I would love for a fans only page. And I think that I don't also think there's nothing wrong with doing this either. Like like I said before, Mike, I'm not a slut shamer. It's just that I don't care for Paige mm-hmm. Van Zandt's content and how frequently she is being weird naked with her her man. So I don't. I'm not a hater of women. You know, you know, empowering themselves or or, or you know, sex workers, any type of work that involves things that people frown upon. I'm actually not against it. To each his own. But mm-hmm. I'm, I will wait for Denise Keyholes to have a fan only. And if she does, I will subscribe. So what are yours, Mike? <laughs> you know, yeah, I'm with you with the Denise <laughs> Keyholes so um, fans only. Yeah, she's, uh, we, we, we've definitely got the same taste in women. I'd also go for Leah McCourt. Oh, that would be a really interesting and quite, yeah, um, yeah she's, uh, she's I'm, I'm sure she's intellectually um, she up is, there as well. Yes. But yes, this is an aesthetic <laughs> thing we're talking about. They want to right. objectify her. I know that she's a fan exactly. and she listens to the show. But she's hot, but yeah. I think it'd be really... <laughs> <laughs> Just facts. I think it would be... It would be ultra hypocritical of me to say that I wouldn't do it. <laughs> <laughs> it's a little secret. About... It must have been about 10 years ago. 
I was running um, a very small company called ketosis.co.uk and it was a weight loss company. It was where you could get ripped to shreds by essentially just um, lowering the carbs and heightening the protein in your diet. And as part of the promotional campaign, um, I put myself forward to actually do a full-on naked shoot um, as part of a way of um, um, raising awareness for it. So we didn't actually go for that as an option in terms of promotion. But yes, I was down to do it. Oh, you're pretty brave. So um, I, I... I, I, well, come on. Yeah. You only live once. And plus, I mean, there was a lot of money involved. So um, I, I I would sell my no. ass for money. <laughs> I would, no. <laughs> Cutting to the chase. That is hilarious. And that is, that is so funny because the man on here is like, I would get butt naked to sell this ass. And the female on here is like, uh, no, I will keep my clothes on. But even um, when I worked narcotics, the vice unit, when I was a cop, Mike, there, there, we used to do prostitution yeah. um operations by bust and um i was never the girl that was out naked acting like she was a hoe and a prostitute i could never bring myself to let my girls out and act like a prostitute even undercover like and then you know the male my male co-workers they just can't wait for y'all to dress up like a hoe so they can (laughs) see y'all you know outside of the police vest and the uniform so it's like if i couldn't even fake be a prostitute and be a cop I highly doubt I could ever do an OnlyFans page you know I I barely can yeah. respond to Kairos with my little videos let alone have my titties out hell no <laughs> <laughs> so in short no. you wouldn't in short I would but the price would have to be right I certainly would do it yeah, Mike is like money listen involved. I got kids yeah, let's, let's if, do if this. I gotta take my dick out I will, I will and, and feed these children <laughs> I hear you, Mike. Do it. If, if you've right, got it, flaunt right. it. <laughs> Good for you, Mike. And great question, Juice. Well, that about wraps up this episode of The Wocast. You can continue all the conversations that we've started here via Twitter. I'm at Mike TV, And G is at? I am at G-Spot MMA. Until next time, make some trouble. Always. Take care, Mike. <laughs>